You're listening to episode 170 of the Pastor Writer Podcast, conversations on reading, writing, and the Christian life. I'm your host, Chase Replogle. In today's episode, we start looking at the specific five instincts, beginning with sarcasm, the humor of our age. Shakespeare described the first stage as the reluctant schoolboy dragging himself to school. He is young and immature and, perhaps worse, doesn't realize it. We find his companion in the biblical story of Cain, the firstborn of Adam and Eve of man, and equally reluctant to take up God's divine lessons. Sarcasm can be funny, it's certainly not a sin to be sarcastic, but it can also be a tool we use to mask our contempt. We'll take a closer look at the instinct itself and how it can be balanced to lead to a better instinct of faith and Christian character. I hope this conversation is helpful to you and uh, maybe inspires you to pick up a copy of the book, The Five Masculine Instincts. Thanks for listening. Peter, I'm excited. Uh, we're jumping into the actual five instincts chapters, so yep. we'll take each of those. We've been kind of doing the introductory material up to this point, but uh, we get a chance to jump into what is the first of the five instincts, yeah. the chapter on sarcasm and the story of Cain. Yeah. How is sarcasm an instinct? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I Whenever I go through the list, you know, people ask about the book and I'll say, oh, it's the five instincts. So oh, what are the instincts? Oh, there's sarcasm, adventure, ambition, yeah. reputation, apathy. Almost it, always somebody will say to me, Oh yeah, I'm sarcastic or yeah. laugh and say like, uh, yeah, that's my instinct. Yeah. Sarca- people immediately sort of resonate with sarcasm, especially the- guys, especially guys. Well, and there's some people who have said that sarcasm is the, the humor of our age, that we're yeah. sort of in an era of sarcasm where maybe yeah. it was a little less polite. Now it's like, look, half the way we joke is yeah. sarcasm. Like yeah. it's just everywhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, it comes specifically from Kane's story. And Cain's story, which we'll get into, is a little bit of of his reluctance to learn the way that I tell the story. And so I liked sarcasm as a way of saying um, sarcasm can be funny, but sarcasm can also be a tool that we use to not be honest, to not have to go there. We mask. Um, We use it to mask. Yeah, the, the, the word itself actually means, and it's sort of like early primitive form was to like tear at flesh or to attack, right? That yeah. sarcasm is actually beneath the surface, often a, a disguise for contempt. Yeah. That really we mean the sarcasm as an offense to a person, yeah. but we dress it up as a joke to save face. So sarcasm is a good word for saying that sometimes what we say or the way we act is not always truthful or the same thing to what we yeah. feel and that that inability to reconcile those two things has some consequences. It can be yeah. funny. I'm not like I'm all for sarcasm. Yeah. But I think if we're perpetually a sarcastic person in that we cannot take things seriously or people sure. know anytime you try to get serious with that person, it's going to turn into a joke or sarcasm. Yeah. We start to recognize there's something more than just humor going on there. There's yeah. something that really is a kind of impulse or an instinct at work. Yeah. Well, I've noticed that just in in general relationships. You know, I work in my day job, I work in kind of a business development type of a sales role. And when you're first meeting someone, uh, naturally you have, you know, a little bit, whether it's humor or sarcasm, you kind of want to find some common ground. And light humor and joking is typically the place that I will always default to because when you, when you laugh with people or you, or you make a joke or something, it, it just seems like the defenses, you know, kind of melt away a little bit. And then you're able to kind of, you know, take it a step further. But I've noticed too, some people, they just, all they do is kid and joke and they're just sarcastic about everything. And it's like, okay, I, 
honestly have zero desire to interact with that person again because I'm like, I don't even know what how to communicate with this person. Well, like so there's, a, the there's a healthy tension yeah, there. Yeah, on all of the instincts. The instinct, the five instincts are not the five sins of right, men, yeah. right? They're not the five problem areas of men. Um, adventure can be good and bad. Ambition can be good and bad. Yeah. And your reputation. I mean, the, there's places in the Bible where we're yeah. specifically told to care about our reputation, but yeah. it can also become bad. Sarcasm's the same. There's yeah. plenty of sarcasm yeah. that's good and fun. But there's a kind of sarcasm that can creep in. Sometimes it's just a sarcasm of your soul, right? A kind yeah. of inability to care or take anything seriously. Yeah. That really is what I'm trying to get to is that impulse that can drive yeah. you to action. Yeah. So you assigned the biblical character Cain. Why and how? Cain's uh, story is an interesting one yeah. because, um, well, there is a very clearly sarcastic moment in Cain's yeah. story. The thing everybody remembers about Cain's story is Cain kills his brother, right? Yeah. God receives uh, Abel's sacrifice and rejects Cain's sacrifice. And so yeah. what, how does Cain respond to it? He calls his brother out onto a field and murders him. Yeah. And then God comes and says, Cain, where is your brother? And yeah. Cain, who's literally just murdered him in the field, says yeah. to God, am I my brother's keeper? Yeah. I mean, it's clearly a moment of sarcasm, right? Yeah. He's he's saying something yeah. in a sarcastic tone to God yeah. to cover the fact that he knows exactly where his brother is. He yeah. doesn't actually answer the question, right? Yeah. He doesn't say, I don't know, or I do yeah. know. Yeah. He answers the question in a, in a non-answer. Yeah. Am I responsible for my brother? Yeah. Am I, you're looking for my brother, not me. Yeah. Um, and it really is a cover. I mean, you see it very clearly in the story. It's just this veneer of looking like he's responding when yeah. really he's not responding. There's that contempt beneath the surface. Yeah. And so Cain is a character. I think you can find other places sarcasm exists in the biblical story. Yeah. Um, but Cain's seems to show not just the kind of humor sarcasm, but a kind of sarcastic soul of contempt that yeah. covers that instead of just yeah. saying, God, I don't want to answer your question. Yeah. Couches it in this sort of question. You know, I've, it's interesting. You said just when you're saying this, I'm thinking about, like even in my own life with my son. So my son's seven and I've noticed when I ask him certain questions, he'll respond in a bit of a sarcastic manner. Mm. And so I wonder if it's like, is in some way sarcasm almost the antithesis of, you know, surrendering to authority. Yeah, It's really interesting you say this because there are some theories that sarcasm is actually a, a developmental milestone in children. Mm. That your child, when they're really young, will just lie to you. <laughs> They'll just say no when you know it's the answer. Well, yet. I've always told my wife, like, they're just, all they do is manipulate adults. Yeah, well, so, I mean, sometimes that manipulation is really obvious and simple. And there's yes. some, some scientists who actually think that the ability to create a sarcastic response, which is basically a way of lying or deceiving your parent, yeah. But covering it in yeah. a way that it doesn't seem blatantly as falsehood yeah. is a kind of developmental milestone. Yeah. Our, our ability to lie or to cover up has been elevated to a new level. And we test that grounds out through sarcasm. So I, I think most parents would yeah. say like there's moments where, and particularly in a culture that's sarcastic, that yeah, that, that very well could be. And it's interesting that Cain in the story is the first son of yeah. scripture. He's yeah. the first child yeah. to grow up in scripture. And That's is this moment, because yeah. I think we'll talk about as well in this chapter where Cain is having one of the first conversations about sin with God. Yeah. Is Cain in one of these fundamental milestones yeah. of growth where he is a boy yeah. finally learning now in his broken sinfulness to rebel against God in this, what he considers to be shrewd, but we yeah. see on the surface is really just an immature way of sarcasm. So I'm smiling because I'm thinking, okay, so are you trying to compliment me that my son is growing appropriately? He's broken like all of us, so, <laughs> and he's developing in that brokenness like Excellent. all of us. That's fantastic. Oh, that's great. 
So let's talk a little bit more about Cain specifically mm-hmm. and this 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 dialogue with God and development of this idea of sarcasm. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I think the thing, like I rattled off a moment ago, was kind of the thing Cain's known for. But yeah. the other big part of it that sometimes you forget is it does the story doesn't just go. God rejects Cain's sacrifice, so he goes out and murders his brother. Yeah. Uh, God actually comes to Cain yeah. by God's initiative and says to Cain, "Why is your face downcast? Why do you why are you, why do you seem off? Why, what's yeah. what's going on?" And he says to Cain, "Do you realize that sin, like an animal, is crouching at your door, and it's the desire is to have you? Mm-hmm. And if you don't rule over it, it will rule over you." It's interesting. Yeah. That's the first place sin is mentioned in the biblical story. Now, Adam yeah. and Eve sin, sure, but there it's a, a very specific external temptation of the yeah. serpent. It is sin, but it's the introduction of sin. But it seems like something has now happened in the biblical story where that sin is no longer the serpent in the tree externally tempting. But God says, don't you now realize, son of Eve, that sin is in you, that it's crouching and trying to have control over you, to master you. The way I read that moment is this is really an opportunity for Cain to understand himself and to understand this world that God is leading him into. And the big question of Cain's story, if you read any commentary on it, if you've heard any sermon on it, the big question of the story is, why does God reject Cain's sacrifice and accept Abel's sacrifice? And Mm -hmm. there's all sorts of theories for this, but the text does not tell you. All it tells you is he rejected Cain's sacrifice. Not why. There's speculation, well, maybe it was the heart in which Cain had offered it, but the Bible doesn't say that. The reason we don't know the answer to that question is because Cain never asks that question. Yeah. He has the opportunity. God is speaking to him. Why are you upset about my rejecting of your sacrifice? Why wouldn't Cain say to God, I don't understand. Would you help me understand? Teach yeah. me. This is a moment of divine opportunity, a lesson at hand for Cain to grow. But how does Cain respond? He murders his brother and then he's sarcastic with God. Yeah. Am I my brother? He refuses the divine lesson. He has contempt for God. He won't entertain the possibility that he could learn from this situation, but he acts and then covers it up with this sarcastic disguise. He just, this is Shakespeare, right? That I got these stages from Shakespeare's first stage. I associate this is the reluctant schoolboy who's dragging himself to school. Cain is the adolescent who refuses to think that he could be wrong, refuses the divine lesson, doesn't want to have to learn just wants what he wants, how he wants it. Yeah. Let me ask you this, just going, if you were to go chronologically through these instincts through a man's life, you know, obviously they can be in one or two at a certain time and they can overlap some, but if there was a general or a natural progression, you know, starting with this schoolboy mentality, I feel like a lot of men are there and they're just kind of parked there. Yeah. We shouldn't make the mistake of thinking you're right that like, oh, that's only your adolescence that yeah. you'll grow out of that. I mean, I mean, cause I know grown men that just like that, that's just. Well, and we talk culturally about yeah. the sort of Peter Pan syndrome where we've yeah. got these generations of men who are just unable to grow yeah. out of their adolescence. They're perpetually stuck in it. They are reluctant to learn, yeah. reluctant to grow, just content with yeah. their contempt for the world and sarcasm. So, and I think there are things, oftentimes these stages develop like Shakespeare put them yeah. through a men's life. It's easy to see sure. like in my youth, 
I'm reluctant to learn sort of in my twenties, I'm passionate for adventure thirties and forties. It's ambition and career. Like it's easy to see those things, but the truth is this can happen. This, these instincts overlap. You're made up of all these instincts. They can surface at any time. And so maybe it is a particular loss that leaves you frustrated at God or a discouragement in life that all of a sudden leaves you contemptuous for things you believed in that God was doing. And you find yourself sort of bitter to the world and reluctant to learn the lesson that God's leading. And you start feeling that sort of contempt of sarcasm in your life. So yeah, I think we should learn what it is, that instinct and impulse to recognize it in ourselves, and recognize perhaps it was part of our past, but perhaps it could sneak up on us again. Better, Better be able to recognize it. You know, one of the things, everybody has an opinion. That's a good and a bad thing. But I think we all easily can have opinions about others, about what he or she should do in a certain situation or you know, what leadership should do or what the world should do. And you, you have a quote in here. I'm going to quote you from the book on this specific chapter. It says, we are experts at what is wrong with the world and amateurs at what is wrong with ourselves. That really jumped out at me. I mean, just because I think, I think of this idea of, you know, a couch critic where it's so easily just to sit back and just to critique anything else or everyone else. But when it comes to ourselves, it's, it's much more difficult for us to do that. Yep. You know, in some ways, I think it would be easy for people to read this first chapter, Cain's sarcastic Mm -hmm. instinct, and think like, oh, I'm beyond that. I'm not a kid anymore. Move on. But in many ways, I think this Cain story is sort of the the prerequisite to being able to do any of the other chapters. Because what Cain's story tries to do is say, are you willing to listen to God point out that something might not be right in your life? And it's very easy for us, like Cain does, to say... No, like what's wrong is God. Yeah. What's wrong is the way the world works. What's wrong yeah. is the system, you know, that yeah. Abel would be accepted and I wouldn't be. That's the injustice of that. The fundamental question of Cain's story is God comes down to warn him about sin in his life yeah. and he will not heed the lesson. Yeah. If you are unwilling to heed the lesson when God, yeah. through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, through his scriptures, through yeah. a friend, points to sin in your life, yeah. if you rebel against that moment, yeah. then there's no possibility of growth. Yeah. And that's really Cain's story. Cain ends his story a wandering man, right? Yeah. He, ends, he ends up rejected from the world and wandering in the desert. And that is the path of anyone who refuses to grow, refuses the divine lesson. You will wander in that yeah. lost perpetual immaturity. Yeah. And so in many ways, this is the fundamental starting point for yeah. any type of character formation. Yeah. I might be wrong. I might need more information. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask the question. You kind of answered it. I was going to ask the question, you know, what's the relationship between humility and sarcasm? And you kind of asked it or answered it. But, you know, would you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, I like the way – so the way I frame it in the book, my little working definition, because humility is one of those words like – of course, I'm a yeah, Christian. Yeah. I should be humble. Yeah. And like, maybe you think like, I didn't brag about myself. Therefore, I am humble. Like, <laughs> I like to define humility as self-suspicion. Yeah. That I live with a kind of sense that my first thought, my first opinion, yeah. my first impulse, my first instinct might be wrong. Yeah. Like I, I might be right, yeah. but I might also be wrong on this. Just that simple cracking open of the door mm-hmm. to I'm suspicious of whatever I think most quickly. Yeah. Um, if Keen could have done that, if he could have cracked that door open with a little bit of self-suspicion, yeah. 
everything about his life and his relationship with God and his future could have been changed by it. And so yeah. I think, yeah, the book calls for a counterbalance to, yeah. to sarcasm as, hey, if you find yourself perpetually annoyed at everything, if you think everybody's always wrong, yeah. if you think the whole system is jacked up. I've never met think, anybody like that. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, you, hey, you might be right about all those things. But you better also be right about the fact yeah. that some things might be wrong in you too. You, enough self suspicion yeah. to sort of hold off that impulse to act on it, yeah. murder, and the sarcasm to contempt at God over it too. Doesn't it speak to as well about the mercy and the grace of God though? Like he is patient with us. And it's almost like even with Cain, like he, he presents these questions because he, he's not telling or, or, or not necessarily, um, telling Cain what to do per se, but he's asking him, to respond to this question. And so it's kind of like, I mean, I'm just thankful in my own life that God's so patient with me that he doesn't just bring, you know, all this despair in my life per se, but he rather inadvertently kind of poses these questions like, consider this, Peter, have you thought about this? It's what makes Cain's sarcasm so sad. uh, Oh yeah. He doesn't have, he frames the world as there's a judgmental God who's rejected me. Yeah. But that's really not what's happening. Yeah. What's happened is God has rejected his sacrifice, and then God has come down and initiated a conversation with him, saying, yeah. hey, there's things at work within you that are going to destroy you. Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And Cain can't entertain that possibility. Yeah. To be questioned at all, he's hostile to anybody who would question him and immediately rejects it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a remarkable message of grace in the fact that God is willing to point to things in our life before it destroys us and yeah. say, Hey, we got to talk about this. We got to deal with this. It's all, are we willing to be self-suspicious, humble enough to say, yep, I might actually need that. Yeah. Yeah. One last question I want to speak to is this idea of meekness. You know, that is not a word that is used very often at all anymore. And I love that word. And what are we missing when it comes to masculinity and this idea of meekness? I like to think of meekness as the missing masculine virtue, which is not yeah. a way that normally you would frame it. Um, yeah. You're like, maybe it's like a general kind of, you know, yeah. like everybody should be meek. Sure, yeah. sure. Jesus yeah. is meek. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> but the way that meekness, we tend to think about it is that it's like, it's some sort of a weakness or yeah. it's some sort of a smallness or a passiveness or, uh, but the real word itself often. So the way it gets used, um, uh, in some ancient writings is to describe war horses, yeah. horses that have been trained for battle. And the way that it's used of them is to describe a horse as meek. Doesn't mean that it's weak or that it's, uh, it lacks power or that yeah. it's somehow, um, incapable. What it really means is it has maintained all of its power and strength, but it's been brought under the control of a rider. A yeah. meek war horse is a horse that can take gunfire and cannon shot and troops and violence and can continue at the slightest nudge of its rider to cut in a new direction and to take yeah. commands. We, um, My wife and I have a couple of horses. That's more her thing she grew up with. Um, but these animals are huge. Yeah. I mean, they're significantly stronger than I am. Yeah. But I can put my seven-year-old son on the back of one of them. Yeah. And the gentlest tug of a rein can cut that horse in a new direction. And yeah. a simple sound of his mouth or pressing his knees into the flank, and he can pull that horse up into a trot or a canter. And um, that an animal with that much power could yeah. be under so much control is really this image yeah. of meekness. And what it means for you and I is um, 
God is not calling us to become weak men. In many ways, it's weak men that are the problem, men who haven't been able to develop strength and character and courage. But he's also not calling us to be wild, aggressive, and out-of-control men, to indulge violence, to indulge our courage as some sort of like badge that we could wear. What he's really calling for are men who have all of the capabilities that he's entrusted us as men, but also have enough meekness or control that he guides us. We're not the rider on the back of the horse. <laughs> We're the horse. Yeah. And he's the one with the gentlest tug of a rein yeah. or the right pressure moves us in a direction. And at times calls for all of that courage and boldness and strength. Yeah. Yeah. And at other times calls for us to stand still while the world's chaotic around us. Yeah. It's really a kind of internal strength that can sure. take a punch without feeling that need to punch back. Yeah. Cain takes a blow. And what yeah. does he do? murders his brother, forced to react. A real meekness of strength is the ability to take those blows and turn to God and say, okay, what are we doing here? Teach me what I can learn from this moment. Developing a sense of discernment. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's great. Well, those were all the questions I had. On Cain. I mean, we don't want to give too much of the chapter away. Well, I'm excited to get. We want the you next to one. read the book in its <laughs> well, entirety. Hopefully, what so. <laughs> hopefully what this does though is model. Uh, the book tries to take the instinct yeah. and look at it how it can lead to destruction, but then yeah. say what are some of these spiritual practices we could put in place yeah. beside that instinct to yeah. correct it. Yeah. So humility and meekness helps correct that contempt of sarcasm, yeah. and so we'll follow that model as we go, and we'll get That's into fantastic. the next one next. Yeah. The next one, adventure and Samson. Yeah. Well, a special thanks to all of you who have been pre-ordering the Five Masculine Instincts. It's been a huge encouragement to me, and uh, I'm excited. We've got a few more of these episodes left to work through the chapters of the book, and so if you're enjoying them, I really appreciate it. Maybe you'd consider leaving a review of the podcast, and uh, I've started scheduling out some interviews coming up for this spring once we get through this series, so I'm excited to be able to get back to the authors we normally interview and discuss here on the podcast. So hold on. If this is not your thing, I promise there's more coming down the road. As always, you can find show notes, links for today's episode by going to pastorwriter.com slash 170. There'll be information there about the book as well as this episode and past episodes if you're interested in catching up. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time.